Hello, me again. It's been so long since I've seen you. I'm glad you got to see me again. All right, let me pray. God, thanks for loving us. Thanks for being here. Thanks for caring what's going on in our world, in our church, in our individual lives. Thank you, to, thank you that you love us that much. Thank you that you've all given us a part. Thank you that you, you want us to be involved in the kingdom. So God, as I speak, help me to remember the things you want me to say and help me to forget all the things, even if I've written it down, that just don't need to be there. Like Andrew just saying, we want you to be glorified in everything we do. We love you. Amen. So this is another first for me. It's been a lot of firsts. This is another first for me, and this is speaking two weeks in a row. So usually when I get to speak, I know like a month in advance, right? And I've got this thing rolling around in my head, and I get to tweak it and play with it and do all these things with it, right? Make my time, take my time, do the slides, do all that stuff. But then that happened, and now I have to come up all with it this week. So last week seemed a lot easier. I spoke on, I spoke on that thing. Then you have to do the slides, which you'll see from some of my formatting, not a hero. Just okay, I can do this. But you'll be back, you'll be glad that H is back and get some good pictures and some good slides and videos and back and all that fun stuff. It's one of the many things I've learned since H told me of his sabbatical. Right, lots of things that I've learned. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit today. When he told me it was happening and I was in charge, I really didn't worry. Not that there wouldn't be a lot to do, but that I had a good team. I had people around me who would take care of stuff. Basically, that I would get to watch the church run and fill the holes as needed. My prayer privately and publicly was that people would step up and do what needed to be done. Not just to fill the hole, but because this was their church. We've been a great team, we have a great team, and that's exactly what's happened. We have people stepping up and doing things because they're there. We have people stepping up and doing things because it's fun for them. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about, like, how do you fill those holes? How do you find those holes? How do you find those things that you enjoy? So part of this volunteer banquet that we're doing is to celebrate those things, right? It's not just, hey, it's Christmas, let's find an excuse to get together. We really take this time and we celebrate the people who are doing things, who are advancing the church, and not just advancing the church, but advancing the kingdom, right? And there's little things and there's big things, and that's what I'm going to talk about, but all those things are important. Everything that we do to advance the kingdom should be celebrated. This is the time where we just take it and we celebrate ourselves. So just as a fun note, the volunteers get to come, and we always have this conversation, like, how do we have this event so the volunteers don't do anything? Because that's what volunteers do, right? Hey, let us do the dishes. Hey, let us do this stuff, right? So there's always this volunteer thing of how to not volunteer the volunteers to do the volunteer banquet. So what's happening this year is we're catering it in. It's going to be here. We'll have everything laid out, and the staff is going to serve the volunteers, so if you're a volunteer, you want you, we really want you to sign up because that's how we know you're coming and we can feed you. 
We also want you to know that we just want you to come. We just want you to come and be celebrated because that's what it's for. What also has been interesting is all of the things, I don't want to say expectations, but all the things that H did because he was expected to do. Or all the things that H did because he took on himself. Or all those holes he had to fill himself, right? So part of what I want to talk about today, there's a celebration of what people are doing and how they're helping and what they're doing. There's also this this warning about you can get burned out if you're doing something just because you're doing it. Just because it's a hole that needs to be done. So part of what I get to do as the executive pastor is I get to look at all these processes and I get to look at all these ministries and look at all these things and say, do we really need to do it? Who's taking care of it? Who's running it? Because if there's 50 things going on and there's 50 people in the church, what's that going to look like? If there's an event every weekend and there's 50 of us, how many people are going to come? If everybody comes every weekend, they'll be tired of being here and you'll never see them. You'll eventually stop seeing them. Or if nobody comes and people get discouraged that are running that ministry or running that event because only three people came. But it's the three people who really wanted to be there. So we get to really take a look and see what really needs to be happening and what we need to do. So when you see things added, that's because there's somebody who really loves that and wants to do that, and we think that's a great thing. When we see things taken away, it's because it's just a thing. We've always done it, right? We've heard of sacred cows, right? We've just always done it. But that's not us making the decisions. We have a great team. Right now, we have a great service team who's coming up with all these events and figuring out which ones to do, what, how, to handle, how to handle them, what would, be a, what would be a great thing to add and what to not do. So we've learned from doing a couple of these events, hey, this is too much, that we, this is too much to take on. Or we've learned from some of these events, these are, this is perfect. We could have done more. And we get to talk about it as a group. And that's, one of those, that's just one of those great teams. And we're going to be doing that with more teams to get people, get some input so it's not about, well, Rusty's getting rid of this, or Rusty's doing this, or H is doing this. It's not my church. It's not H's church. It's us. And that's what you've shown in these last, are we had six weeks or so? That's what you've shown is nothing has fallen on the wayside. Things have gotten fixed. Things have been repaired. Ministries are growing. And that's because it's your church. So that prayer that I've been reaching out, that prayer I've been saying, the prayer I've been saying to God, let people fill the holes. Let people be your church. That's what you're doing. And so it's a celebration. So today is a celebration of and a warning for what's going on. Like I've said, we've done really well, but we need to keep the momentum going, keep it going smartly. What should we as a church be doing? Why and who should be doing it? I don't want, any burn, I don't want to burn anybody out on church. Not H, not me, not us. But I think it's real hard to get to the place where you're serving in your passions. And that's where we want to be. We want to be doing what we enjoy doing. That way it's fun. And that way people can see When people see the passion, they want to get involved with it too. But when you're serving in your passion, that's that's an amazing place to be. So I want to talk about that just for a second. I want this to be your turn, but your smart turn. So Paul uses a couple of places. He uses a body analogy. 
So in Romans 4, 12, 4 through 5, just as each of us have one body with many members, those members don't all have the same function. So in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to the other. So we all have a special function. It's just like your body has, your hands do something sometimes. Your legs do things, right? Everything does. Your stomach does stuff. I'm learning your gut does a whole lot of things. Sometimes you like it and sometimes you don't, right? But everybody, everything has a purpose. The other phrase that's cool in there is that we all belong to one another. So that literally means members of one another. So we all have a purpose and we belong to one another. First Corinthians is the other place he talks about it. He talks about it a little different way. There should be no division in the body because if we all belong to one another, right? There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. All members should care for each other. If one suffers, they all suffer. If one rejoices, they all rejoice. So we're going to have a volunteer banquet. Who are we going to celebrate? Everybody. Because we've done a great thing. We have. But you also know when you stab, when you hurt your finger, when you hit, you hit your finger with a hammer, right? The whole body suffers. It's not just the finger going, oh, that's, that's horrible, right? The whole, the whole body suffers. So it's the same thing. Like, there's going to be times when we don't do well, and it's not just, well, that ministry didn't do it, or that guy didn't pull his weight. We all suffer when that happens. We all suffer when someone's burnt out. We all suffer when someone drops the ball. So how do we find those passions? How do we find those things to stay in? The other thing that's in there is we have a role. We all have a role, and they all matter. In that Romans 12 time, it talks about some of the secret places are just as important as the other, the other body parts. The secret small ones that no one sees. The upfront, onstage people. Everything matters. And they're all just as important. Nothing is better or worse. Just special. Just important. Just a thing. They all need to be done. To the church, yes, but I want you to hear it's more than just the church. So when I talk about things today, when I'm talking about this, yes, there's things that we do in this physical daylight space, right? But it's also to the kingdom. So we're all members of the kingdom. There's a lot of people. So if you look at our church as a universal church, there's a lot of negative going on, right? We're all suffering because of that. But there's also a lot of good going on, and we should all celebrate that. So when I talk about finding your passion, when I talk about finding the things that you're good at, when I talk about finding the things that you want to do, it's not just in here. It's for the church universal. It's for the kingdom. Because when Jesus started preaching, what did he preach? The kingdom of God is at hand. That's what's coming. That's what's happening. That's what we're a part of. We get to do a little bit in this little church, right? But we're part of a huge thing. We're part of that kingdom. We're part of that movement. So as you're doing your part or looking to look, start over, rewind. So as you are doing your part or as you look to be a part, don't look for the cool things. Look for your thing. It'll be better for everyone and you'll enjoy it more. So look for your thing. What are you good at? What do you enjoy? How do you, how do you have excitement? 
Sounds great, but how do you do that? So I found this a long time ago in a book. Here's a great example of my formatting. If you look at the first letter, it would make a cool acrostic of the, of the word shape. But since my formatting is crazy, it's just five letters on a screen, five words on a screen. Spiritual gift, heart, abilities, personality, experiences. You are unique you. And what I want you to do is think about where you fit, where you come from, what you do, why you do the things you do. And in doing that, you'll find where you belong and what you fit in and what you're good at and what you'll really have passion for. So I want to walk through these five really quickly just to give you an idea of what to look at. But as you're going, that I'm going through these things, look at them, think about them. What is it about you that fit in this? Like, what are my spiritual gifts? What are my abilities? What are my experiences? So the first one may be a little new to some of you, but let me give you a, so Paul says it really quickly, spiritual gifts. Now to each one, of, to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So it's something the Spirit gives us for the common good. So we'll talk about experiences, we'll talk about abilities, and they'll see some overlap. But this is something that the Holy Spirit gave you for us. So it's a little something special. And as a follower of Christ, you've got these. You've got access to all, access to all of them. But there's something unique about you. There's something that you do really well. There's one of these spiritual gifts that's really yours. Romans gives a little, there's three or four lists. I like the Romans list. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy according with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So some of those are things like prophesying and speaking in tongues and healing. Like we've heard some of those as spiritual gifts, right? But it's also serving, encouraging, giving, showing mercy. Have you met those people who are just peacemakers? There's just something about them that's more than just, I'm trained in peacemaking. Like they're just peaceful people and they can share that. There are people who are compassionate, who just have that compassionate in them that comes from beyond something. And that's what that spiritual gift is. It's that, it's that thing on steroids. It's on the spirit right? It's even better. It's compassion, but it's compassion because of the Spirit. It's, passion because, it's compassion because of the kingdom. They're Holy Spirit-given gifts to Christians to serve the body. Heart. What makes you happy? What makes you cry? What makes you angry? Like, what is it about, like, when you see things around you, what is it that really gets you going, right? Sometimes it's a positive way. Like, I really love this. I really love doing this. This is amazing. I love this. I love, I love taking care of the poor. I love doing this stuff. Sometimes it's things that break your heart. Bill Hybels used to call it your holy discontent. When you see injustice and you want to get involved, like, it just bothers you. It's one thing to say, I see the slide and I hate hunger. I hate, I hate people are hungry. And I'll, give my, I'll do my check-in, and I'll give, my, I'll give my check and do. There's a whole different thing when your heart is, hey, this is something I want to get involved in. I want to do it. Like, it fires me up. And that's the difference. What's your heart? What really fires you up? What gets you going? 
abilities. What are you good at? What are you trained in? What do you know how to do? You know how to fix a lock? You know how to fix vinyl siding? We've had those both happen in our church. Those are great things. What do you know how to do? What are you trained in? Now, this is one of those things that kind of overlaps, right? So my spiritual gift is teaching. I love teaching groups. I, this, is, this is a little bit outside my box. I love small groups. I love interacting with people on that small group level. But I'm also trained in it. I have a degree in education. It's one of those things I've pursued. I really like teaching people. I want to figure out how to do it the right way and how, how adult learners figure out different than kids and different from youth. Like, how do we connect with those things? So, so this is one that I have the spiritual gift, but also have some training and abilities in it. So sometimes you'll see some overlap. And sometimes, if you recognize that that's your gift early on, maybe you want to pour some more info into it. So what are your abilities? What are you good at? What are you trained in? What, is, what are you really good at? You good at sports? Great. How can we use it? Personality. Are you outgoing? Are you introverted? How many of you done the Myers-Briggs for work or for a class? Right? Tells you if, you're, if you like people or if you like things if you like tasks, like what's your personality like? So I'm picking on Claire this morning, but she's here, so I'll get, I'll get it when I get home. So Claire came up, and like one of the things you can do is greet, right? That's an easy thing. First thing in, let's, let's be a greeter, right? Stand by the door and say hello. If you know Claire, that's the worst spot for her. She can do it, and she'll smile and wave, but Claire's about deep conversation, Claire's about going past that first level, right? So for her, that's not a place you want her. Can she do it? Can she check the box? Yes, but that's not where you want her. Her personality says, let me sit down with you and talk to you. Let me go deep. Let me figure out something different. So it's not that it's wrong, right? It's totally different. I'm the other guy. I want to greet everybody at the door. I want to say hello. I want to talk to everybody. My brother is me on steroids. He never meets a stranger. Right? He makes me look introverted. So different people have different personalities, and that's how we all work together as a body. Experiences. What's happened to you? What have you gone through? How were you brought up? How many times, like for us, we moved around the country every two or three years. Gotten to see different things across the country and how different things work and how different things don't work in different places. What's happened to you? Hurt by church? Love church. Heard by friends. Have great, have tons of friends. Like all of these things make up who you are. And when you look at all these things together, look at me, I'm facing the right direction, Chris. When you look at all these things together, this is you. And it's not static. This is always changing because you're always having more experiences. You're always running into new people and new, meeting new things, right? Or finding out things that you hate right? Or finding out new things that bother you. Like this is constantly moving and changing. But if you're working inside your shape, you're not going to get tired. You might get tired. You're not going to get exhausted. You're not going to get burnt out. You're not going to get killed. Because you're going to be loving what you're doing. There's that old adage that it's not work if you love what you're doing, right? This is that, but better, because you're building up the kingdom. And when you look back and look at those verses that say, we're all working together, 
I want you to be in yours, and I want you to be in yours, and I want you to be in yours, and I want you to be in yours. Because when we all succeed, when you succeed, we all succeed. But it's not us succeeding, it's the kingdom. So when you succeed inside your shape and you're doing the things for the kingdom, the kingdom wins, the body wins. So think about these things for you. Write these down. Write down this shape. Go home and think about these things. But what I've really learned about this is that we come up with one thing in our mind and we think that this is this way. This it all should be talked about in community. Because somebody may look at you and go, you are not an introvert. You talk to everyone. There may be things that you think you are that you just find out you're not. So there's all these tests. There's spiritual gift tests. There's Myers-Briggs for personality. There's all these other things. There's Enneagram, which is big right now. There's all these tests that can tell you things about yourself. But they're guides, and they're also based on how you answer the question, right? But your community knows you. Your people around you know you. So when you think about these things, take them to your community and say, here's what I think I should really be good at. Here's what I think I want to do. Here's what I think. I think this is me, right? And your group can look at you and go, yeah. That's exactly right. That's what you should be doing. Now let's figure out a way to use it in the kingdom. So find your role and do it well. The Romans piece said, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's giving, give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So it's finding your role and doing it well. Now let me shift gears here, because there's the other place that the gifts are talked about is Ephesians 4. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the preachers, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. They will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. The groups of scholars look at this and go, this is the leaders. This is what these, they talk about this being the offices of the church. There are, whole, there are churches that take these and go, here's what your elders should be. You should have an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a preacher, right? You should have these things. We can talk about all that for days. But it does seem to be talking to leaders. If you're a leader here, what should you be focused on? Equipping his people for the works of service. So if you really see someone as the leader, what should their focus be? Doing, equipping. Equipping. That was an easy one. So part of the leadership's job is to get you ready. And why is that to get you ready? So that you can do it yourself. So that you won't be like infants tossed back and forth on the waves. So that you're ready for 
those hard questions so that you're ready for the next thing. So as a leader, I should be spending my time equipping you to do the work. Now, that's not always how we look at our leaders, right? Sometimes we want our leaders to do all these things and check all these boxes and fill in all the holes and do all these things. So one of the reasons that, one of the things that we're celebrating that's also a caution is, if as leaders, we're always filling in the holes because the church isn't doing, because the people aren't doing, then, then leaders aren't getting to do their number one job, which is equipping the church for what, what they need to do. Leaders should be teaching us how to learn, love, and do so that we can serve, love, and do. Instead of tell me what to do, it should be give me the tools that I need to do it myself. I talk all the time about owning your faith, owning your walk. We talk about with the youth, like what are you doing? Like what's your piece? What are you involved in? You need to own your faith and own your walk being intentional about your growth, being intentional about what you're doing, being intentional about finding your spot, being intentional about finding your role. It also saves you from bad leaders because bad leaders are the ones who will, this comes up over here and you swing this way, this comes over here, you swing this way, right? But if you're equipped to recognize bad leadership, if you're equipped to, to recognize bad theology, if you're equipped to recognize just stump that just doesn't sound right. So Becky talked about in her talk about just searching and how she had to search and keep going and keep looking. Like, that's what we want. That's what I want as a leader is I want you to be able to search and do yourself. Now you're going to come and have questions and that's perfect, right? But that's what I want you to do. I want you to own your faith. I want you to grow. I don't want you to rely on me to tell you what to do. I want you to own your faith. Now, I'd love to teach you how to do that, but I don't want you to rely on someone else, me or anyone else, the guy on the radio, whoever you listen to. You can't rely on them to tell you everything. At some point, you have to pick it up and own your faith. So find your role. Look at your shape. Look at the things that you can do. Do it well. So it's not just about finding it and just barely doing it. It's about doing it and doing it well. If it's in your passion, you want it done well. Live the lows, because we're going to have them. Let's live the lows together. Let's help each other through those. Let's celebrate the wins, because we're going to have them together. Let's be the church. Let's be the kingdom.